Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Welcome to another episode on the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast. Today, our special guest is Rhonda Parker-Taylor. She is an entrepreneur, and Rhonda founded Intelligence Solutions, providing training, development, academic research, and business writing services. Prior to this, she served as campus director and professional at National College and co-directed a small to mid-sized advertising agency named Partnership Plus Design Studio, and she now helps other women choose joy over adversity. Thank you, Rhonda, Rhonda, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to join you and, and meet with your uh, audience, wherever they're listening from. Thank you so much. And um, I know that you wrote your fictional book called Crossroads. And when we met previously, I thought it was quite fascinating how you mentioned that you feel that you are subconsciously self-analyzing yourself with everything it is that you've gone through. And I just wanted to know if you'd be willing to just take us back to the beginning of, um, you know, the adversity that you experienced in your life that led you ultimately to now helping other women choose joy over adversity. Oh, I would love to. And I hope there's if there's anybody out there in the audience that may, go, may be going through some adversity, this will provide some hope for you. Um, most people just by looking or are seeing my life or even the accomplishments in my life might just say, you know, she looks like she's had everything and nothing. She's probably never gone through adversity before. But let me tell you, everybody, life, it doesn't matter where you are what your background is or um, what you've gone through prior or even in the in, in the present, it's going to hit at some point. It, it could be a death. It could be um, it could be um, a loss of a job. And all of us experience these things. The problem that I found is with me, I was the first generation um, immigrant um, to go to college. So my first adversity was learning how to navigate that. Um, and, and learning how to not be sheltered because I was from a very small community. It went from that to as I was being academically um, strong, I learned that socially I was inept. I didn't know how to um, have discernment on people that had good intentions and bad intentions for me. So sometimes I would be friend or be around individuals that meant me no good intentions. Um, then as life often has, you end up with um, life, life adversities, whether it be you're caring for your loved ones that are that have cancer, which my mother had, or in my case, that there was a, a bond between me and a woman that I did community service with that was unable to, to care for 
her son because he'd gotten into a, a um, fight at school and she faced the dilemma of can I send him back without there being a problem. We talked, She's, we determined that we would raise him together. He moved in with, with me and we were able to successfully get him through his high school years, started his college years, went in, started to be a bouncer at a bar and he was shot and killed. So not only did we raise him together, we buried him together. I'm so sorry. Tell you, anybody that out there that's gone through that kind of pain and had to go through the trials, et cetera, you find a strength within you. And what we found is that the bond between women was what carried us through. So, Yes, you know, I have a successful career. I've been able to navigate it, but those that didn't stop any of the adversity from hitting me. Instead, I had to learn how to have reserved energy and resilience for, for when life did happen, I would be able to navigate it and rise above it. So um, there's um, so much that we can do for each other to give each other strength, but resilience and energy is one of the major factors that I find helps build build self so that you're ready for those um, adversities. I really love that you mentioned that about how it was all about women supporting each other like that. And what did you say? The second thing I know you said energy. What was the second thing? Resilience. You know. People say, how do you get over adversity? Well, you know, you, you don't get over adversity. What you have to have is staying power, sticking power, ability to rise above it, go beyond it. And it takes from the moment that you get the bad news, gathering that to what I call this, the frosty the snowman effect. Put one foot in front of the other and soon you're out that door. So you have to learn how to get up back up up after you've been knocked down and the cowboys would have said you know get it back up on that horse once you get thrown but it's not always that easy you you know it, it is more like putting one step in front of the other before you melt down yeah you know when you and i first met prior to um you coming on today um i hadn't really experienced i mean i experienced one death but I recently in the past month of July of 2023 experienced two deaths, my dad and my nephew. And so what you're saying right now is really hitting home. Um, you do, you have to give your time space to grieve. Yes, but you can't like stop, right? You have to keep putting that foot right in front of the other. And I, I just really um, love what you said about how it's really all about women. Cause I had the joy of spending time with my sister of 31 years. She's a friend, but I, she's like a sister and she gave me exactly what you're talking about. So like, there's so much truth in what you're saying and wow, it's an energy, right? Uh, can you unpack that a little bit more? Yeah. It's an energy. It's the relationship building. It's what relationships really are intended to be. Mm. It, easy to be there during the good laughters, the cocktail after dinner, um, the um, weddings. But when it comes to caring like for a loved one um, or and having to get up at 2 a.m. because someone's fallen or someone's got cancer and you have to change the band-aid down 
um, surgery, whatever the, you know, the strife is, sometimes it just takes another one person to remind you, hey, you're still a person. Don't become zombies. Just yeah. keep pushing and enjoy even the moment of adversity. And you say, well, how can you enjoy adversity? But you know, that bond with your, your sister is one that you will always remember because that person stood by you while you were grieving, while you were struggling, pushed you along, nudged along, and probably cracked some really bad jokes to get you to laugh and smile or think or even eat, you know? And, and it's those moments that women forget their strengths in. You know, if we're mindful and we practice self-care and care of others and are self-aware, the purpose of the the whole feminine energy is to build relationships. You know, it's what we're good at innately. And some people may say, oh, I'm not good at relationships. Well, maybe that's because, you know, you haven't pulled that part of you out. You might not be the nurturer, but maybe you're the caregiver. There, you know, There's different kinds of abilities to build relationships. And, and so many times we try to compete. How many times mm -hmm. have you had a person that you were with or a colleague at work and you feel like they're tripping you in the hall, you feel like they're backbiting, you feel like they're talking your boss, or, you know, or maybe you're the one talking to the boss about the other person, and we're not supporting. Look at the male um, network. Even if they don't like each other, they're going to help them get in the door so they can follow right behind them. You know, and mm -hmm. women, for some reason, we feel like we have to yank them out of the door, throw them out the window, and, you know, try to, you know, do some kind of... Um, campaign for our skills well if we're self-aware we don't have to do all that you said so many like amazing things just then um i really love the idea of the sisterhood um and i agree with you um women need each other and there are those women who say oh i don't get along with other females i wonder if maybe they're that person that's you know doing all the the talking and the dragging, or maybe they've been hurt. There could be right. so many different Dynamic. reasons, right? Why they feel that way or because, like, you know, maybe they've been hurt. They've been scorned. So they're too afraid to open up, to put themselves out there. Align themselves with men that they be so afraid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's usually what happens. I mean, that even happened to me once, you know, there was a phase <laughs> where I went through, which is only men, but, um, but now these days I find myself surrounding myself with a lot of women and I feel that energy that you're talking about. Um, and I love it. There's just something about even being like, I've gone to some retreats and just being in a room full of other women. There's that it's unexplainable, that energy that you feel, especially when they're women who are like-minded, healthy-minded, they're um, loving, they're caring. And like you said, they have that nurturing or that caregiving and they each do have their own strengths and um, they pour into you and you can pour into them. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful exchange. I really, really love that. So that's what you experienced with um, the, what was she, your sister or friend? I forget. But, well, it was actually, and believe it or not, I would say she's my sister today, but we met through a, a church um, event 
and it was it were total opposites <laughs> backgrounds totally different races totally different everything about us is different and we just bonded over a couple of events and then um her son started coming to the youth group that i was working with and it just was a natural bond and at that point she was going through you know she was going through some of her own adversities and at that point you know i'm thinking i'm on the top of the world and had everything going I'm like you know what i have this we have this bond with this child and we want him safe and, and we made the agreement we made the healthy boundaries and you know he packed up his bags was there the next day and started school and you know i tell people i never had the pleasure of children with a man for a variety of reasons i've been married just a variety of reasons and i met a woman that instead shared their son if we could all have that kind of love to put the jealousy and the cruelty aside, we would have such, well, first of all, 50% of the population would be happier. <laughs> <laughs> and we would be able to, to make more goals. And then that would make the other 50% of the population happier and more goal-oriented and more purposeful and more mindful of people's needs. And maybe 10, 10 or 20% would be left out. But if everybody did that, you know, we would just have a better world all, all the way, you know, um, it's per learning from others. How can, you know, I thought I knew what life was, but you know what, until I put my shoes in another person's, in my feet in somebody else's shoes and learned about their cultures and learned about their struggles and realized that, Hey, there is more to life than what I've been taught. You know, I went, I was in a very small school. I was in a very small community. My, my graduating class was 50 people. So what did I know, you know? And when we be, when we're able to be prepared for the world, we also prevent ourselves from going through tragedies. It's a really beautiful bond that you had with her. Um, I think every woman deserves to have a special bond like that. Yes, I um, do. How would you say that that whole experience moving forward has affected your future female relationships? Well, good and bad. Believe it or not, as much as one of the things that I've said, I expected it from every person after that experience. And then so then I sometimes I was disappointed, you know, but then as I, that's why, you know, journaling and self-reflection is so important because as you learn your strengths and weaknesses i learned i play a game of uncle with life if it hurts then i dig in deeper you know and try to do it harder and harder and harder i had to learn to self-reflect and say wait a minute you want to prevent that you want to be able to learn good and bad people you want to be able to who has good intentions and who really wants a bond or who really may just want to see what they can get out of you. 
Yeah. And I think it sounds like I, I love I love that you point that out because it's like, yes, you might be listening to us right now talking about this and maybe you're inspired to, you know, have those relationships. But I think it is important to realize that everybody's in their on their own journey. So right. you might be ready for that kind of open relationship with a woman to like just be there for each other's support. But maybe that other person isn't. So maybe we got to give them grace and just, you know, yeah. just realize maybe move on to the next one. Yeah. And, and, and do it slowly when you're developing relationships, whether it be a business partner, uh, a love interest, um, you know, a friend, you have to move slowly because, you know, I had a friend that once said, you can't hide crazy for five years. <laughs> I thought, well, that's the craziest thing you said until you've met someone that's crazy. Right. <laughs> so, so true. It, it's true. You have to take your time and you have to be willing to put the same into it that there. What what one person's willing to put into it, the other person needs to be willing to put into it, too. It's not always one way. It's one way maybe when someone's going through adversity, but that when you're going through adversity, it should be reciprocal. And it's temporary. That phase yeah. is temporary. And it may be that some people are there for a season. It may not be that it's going to be your 30, 30 year relationship. You know, it may be that it's, you know, you're there to find a, a, a lesson, you know, or learn from that, that relationship. When I wrote Crossroads, I really thought that I was talking about other people. You know, I was make, cause I have a very methodical, I, I do academic writing. So, you know, I did research and I, uh, how I develop my characters, I do what they call in the medical community a soap note, which is basically a subjective analysis of every physical part, every mental part of a human being, and then they put it in your medical records. So I go through and I say, okay, they're 5'4", they're, you know, 130 pounds, they are a type A personality, they're driven, they're, you know, their dad's alive, their mom's alive, they were too bad, you know, and go through all those things. So I'm thinking, okay, this is about these people that I've created. But I realize that anytime you write, you're doing something so the main character is a type A personality. And when I wrote Crossroads, I thought, okay, I want to present the perceived injustices in the legal system. So it's a crime novel. And, you know, I'm going through it. And as I'm doing it, I'm realizing that, wait a minute, each character has a part of me. You know, how would I react if I, you know, if I was a jury foreman and all of a sudden my life started to fall apart? You know, would I blame the people in the trial? Think that it's the prosecutor's fault for letting my name out? What, 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 what about this person is a part of me? Well, one is she has, you know, the core value of work from the Midwest, you're blue collar, you work until, you, you, until you're 90. And she had that core value. And so I had to evaluate, am I really balanced in my life or am I putting everything into my work? And I realized that, wait a minute, I thought I was balanced. 30% here, 30% there, 30%. But I wasn't getting joy from it. And the reason is I was just doing it to say I, I had work-life balance, but I really was a workaholic. And I, you know, and I really was um, just the time for myself or the home time. I may have been watching TV, but I didn't get, TV's like 26 on my joy list. 
So I'm sitting there, really, the TV watching me. Yeah, you know, when I would much rather be cooking, listening to music, socializing with my loved ones. Those are the things that really brought me. So I had to readjust from what I learned from the book. Um, and then, therefore, I started a workbook. Of what do people really want from themselves and the deep desires that they get joy out of in a helping people identify that? Yeah, the your your workbook that goes along with this book. Um, is it all it sounds like it would be asking those deep inner questions that people just normally in a regular day to day don't ask because they're if they're a workaholic, they're busy, busy, busy. Or even I mean, not just a workaholic in like a business, but even at home, there's moms that can just like go, 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 keeping themselves right. busy and occupied. They don't stop and sit and relax and think about things within, right? Because like you mentioned, the TV, sometimes we get distracted in a book or a TV or a video game or social media or whatever that looks like. But when when are we stopping to sit and ask ourselves those deep questions? You and know? where is your joy coming from? It was interesting that you brought up, you know, that you don't want to exclude the non-working mom. When I lived in Salt Lake City, the one thing I appreciated was the non-working mom was appreciated in, in that culture. In the morning, because they had certain duties, and and that was, you know, and it was held held high. And in the book, I I, I have a character jury in the jury that's a, a mom, and she, and her language is different than the main character, who's the workaholic. And she keeps on looking at her, but she's forced to see some of the simplicity uh, and and joy and happiness in being a mother and being home versus, so she really has to question, am I really fulfilling all of my purpose by being so driven in the financial world? Yes, that's awesome. What else can people expect from this uh, workbook? And, well, the workbook goes through, okay, it, what's your priorities now? What have you been doing? How, you know, basically mm -hmm. you're kind of journaling a weeks of your activities. So you can, can't lie to yourself because, you know, if you're anything like me, you say, oh yeah, I exercise three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it hasn't been a, it's been a month since you walked the five miles. <laughs> and, you know, you, it makes, it makes you think about where you are right now. It doesn't matter if that's where you intended to be or where are you right now? Then it says, okay, what did you look at yourself as being? Let's get this, you know, incongruent thoughts of ourselves to being self-aware. And then where would you really get the joy out of it? And it takes you through that. Then it goes through some of the relationships that you have and how you can make them more purpose-filled. If you're anything like me, and um, if if you have a spouse, it's very easy to tone them out. <laughs> Talking and you won't hear a word. But are you really in that day-to-day, -day, in that purpose with them? You know, are you setting goals with each other of what you want your life to look like? And I'm not talking about comparing yourself because in Crossroads, one of the problems is, is some of the characters um, aren't really paying attention to their own purpose. 
in Proverbs, it says anger is cruel and fury is overwhelming. Mm. But stand before jealousy. If you're comparing and tearing yourself up because somebody else has more money, they're more prettier, they're, you're taller, they're better in sports, whatever it is that, you know, they're more educated, then you're destroying your own peace and, and name. Mm. So it, Proverbs goes on and says, envy makes the bones rot. Mm -hmm. So think about bones as they're rotting. It's like a, it's like a cancer that metastasizes and no longer are you in your life. You're worried about why you're not living someone else's life. Mm. And oh my goodness, if it is something I struggle with. So I'm not, I don't want to say I'm preaching because every day you can find someone that has something that you want, would like to experience or have. But when you do that comparison, you're destroying self because you will go into your own home and behind the closed doors and you won't be happy with what you have. And maybe you have... I, I live on three acres, so I have joy in critters that run through my my yard on a on a regular basis, whether it be deer, foxes, coyotes, and some people say, oh, that would scare me. But you know what? I sit there and I see and they they don't bother me. They have no intentions of approaching me. They look for if they see me, they're gonna go the other direction. <laughs> what I see from them is their ability to thrive no matter what the circumstances are. Cold, hot, rainy, they continually go through the same process of their life. And their joy is when the sun comes out rolling in the rolling in the grass or or the, when the grass hasn't been mowed to, you know, too short, they have grass that they can really eat off of. Or, hey, the hawk may see a, you know, a small bird that they think that they can catch. You know, so what whatever it is. They find joy in all of that. Where, when do we find, as humans, find joy in just the day-to-day -day of cleaning your house and making it beautiful, um, cooking and enjoying the meal you made? DoorDash has made it so easy, but how many times does that meal come burnt, <laughs> <laughs> cold? <laughs> things missing <laughs> if we get up and do do it for ourselves we get everything we want yes it takes t some planning and sometimes you don't feel like it that's when doordash is wonderful or going out to dinner or whatever it might be but our life doesn't have to be instant gratification find joy in ourselves um it, it's just beautiful when you can do that don't you think Oh, like I'm just like hanging on to every golden word that you just spoke. As soon as you started talking about Proverbs, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And that's the key right there. Those last few words that you said is to find the joy within yourself. Mm -hmm. um, man, I'm wow. Um, media is wonderful for connecting. You can find every group you ever wanted to go for. But at the same time, it also brings us to a point that if we don't aren't secure in ourselves and they're having to put commercials out there to say, wait a minute, it's not your fault that the algorithm's telling you you're not pretty. 
<laughs> you know, it's not, you know, they have these commercials now and it, it's, and it's not true. Everybody is pretty. It doesn't matter who, who you are, where you came from. Everybody has beauty in themselves. And if you just look, you'll find those positive aspects to inside of you. Like I was born a blonde. Now it's a bottle blonde. I'm, I'm old. But I always wanted to have curly hair and dark, curly, dark hair. Now, what, you know, why? Enjoy who you are, you know? I'd love to be 30 maybe again, but, you know, that's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> I think 30s, I, 20 might be too young, don't you think? <laughs> gratitude, yes. Finding joy and gratitude in yourself and discovering your life purpose, your talents, your, because everybody, like you said, everybody's beautiful. And I also think that everybody has something to offer in this world. And it's not going to be exactly like the next person. Two yeah. people can do similar, have the same job title, but man, the, the experience with both of them is going to be completely different, right? Oh, oh, definitely. And think about it. I am terrible with certain things. I mean, you would think that, okay, she's creative. She, she writes, but I was not intended to be a writer. Had it not been a good mentor, I flunked my English proficiency test. <laughs> I wasn't going to graduate. I wasn't going to be able to get a doctorate or go to college or even, you know, go to a community school, maybe, but it took a 98 pound teacher, literally 98 pounds. She was a, just the littlest thing to say, I'm going to tutor you over the summer. And boom, I went to college. It just takes all of us finding our purpose. So writing for me may not have been my intended purpose had someone not taken interest and said, wait a minute, you can do this. And then when you know that someone's going through adversity, don't knock them when they're dead. Mm. Outstretch that hate, you know, as a leader of an organization, I've been leaders of a couple of them. Um, it's up to us to figure out the reward system that motivates our employees. How can we get a gift card for Ruth Chris and give it to somebody and expect, oh, that's the best gift that they could ever have because everybody likes a steak dinner when they're not running. Yeah. You know, or they're, they're taking an Uber because they don't have a car. Or maybe their kids have been sick and, and, you know, they're not sure, you know, how they're going to pay the medical bills. So learning each individual, and I know some of those large organizations out there are, you know, you're like, oh, how am I going to learn all my, you have soldiers out there and you need to know what people's struggles are and you need to make an, a reward system that motivates them not only to be the best for your organization, but be the best version of themselves. If they're struggling, say, you know, I I get it. You have you have to do your job to get paid. You have to be do the best that you can while you're here. But I'll tell you what, I'll do everything I can to make sure you're successful and that you overcome this. As long as you do your part and don't put me in a position where I have to consider letting you go because you're a good worker, but you're going through something right now. Identify that and work out a plan. Yep. 
beautiful last words. Remember, find the joy in yourself. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Before I let you go today, can you please share with everybody when your uh, workbook is going to be out and where they can get the Crosswords book? Okay, so Crossroads, ta-da! You can get, we'll start there. It is out. You can get it on um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, some select Barnes & Noble stores, but it's definitely on all of the online um, um, retailers, BAM also. Um, I highly recommend that you read it. Hopefully, it'll engage you in a way that will make you also consider your life. The the workbook should be out by December. It's heading towards the to the editor. And what it does is it takes all the negative qualities of the different um, characters and helps you evaluate whether that, that's in your life. And what, and if you identify with them, you'll be able to kind of do a, a self-help um, way of saying, okay, wait a minute, I need life balance or I need more joy in my life. Or, you know what, my kids are very envious and they don't have, you know, the right structure, you know in their life and it's destroying their peace. So, so it helps you identify some of those things and helps you work as, as an individual, a group, or as a family. Love it. Thank you so much, Rhonda. I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story and all of your golden nuggets with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful um, discussing with you and I hope everybody has a beautiful day and make mm -hmm. everything great. Yes, I second that. Thank you, Tiffany Talks listeners. We will see you on the next episode. Bye for now.